Hello, everybody. Um, we are staying right on the theme in this group. Right now, we are talking about how to take a brain-based case history. Um, this may seem super basic um, for some of you, but I'm telling you, this is how you start the self-discovery process, um, the really putting the pieces together, developing a big picture um, process for you and your own understanding, um, which allows you to not live in the deficit, chasing symptoms, treating symptoms lane, but expand to more of the brain-based understanding and help your patients, the parents, the patients, the people that are coming to you expand from chasing deficit to the bigger picture as well. Now, short and sweet in this one, um, we are talking about the four steps, four really important steps to taking a brain-based case history. This is where you start. The first thing, and this may be surprising, the first step is really discussing their pain point. Yep, starting with their symptom. A parent comes to you with a hyperactive child and they are like, hey, my neighbor said to come here. I have no idea why I'm in your office, but my neighbor said to come here because maybe you can help with my kid's hyperactivity. Uh, you know, I think my kid's great, but I'm getting lots of complaints from school. He's getting kicked out of school a lot. He's inattentive in class, and this is a real problem. We don't wanna medicate, or we're already medicating, or we did medicate and we didn't like it, or whatever, we're looking for solutions. So one of the things that we tend to do when we're in this brain-based lens, and we're like, hey, we don't treat symptoms, is we may, intentionally, unintentionally, verbally, non-verbally with our actions, with our procedures, we may really kind of glaze over, discredit, discount the pain point, which is they're coming to us because they have a symptom, they have a problem, and they think that we might be able to help them, even if they don't understand why. And so we can't go, well, we don't treat uh, hyperactivity, even though we don't. We can't start by saying, uh, well, we're looking at the nervous system and that may be impacting the way your child is, you know, engaging in their environment and why they're having to move their body and they're impulsive and all this stuff. No, we start with their pain point. We say, tell me more about that. Just like you would with a back pain patient, meet them where they are. Tell me more about that. Like, when is it better? Have you ever noticed? This is the first thing. Like, I'm sorry, hyperactivity, you're getting these challenges, you know, these reports from school, your child's having trouble making friends because they're so impulsive and they can't stay focused on, you know, even engaging in social play. This is really disrupting your child's life and your life. And, you know, I'm really sorry that you're experiencing that. I know that can be really difficult. We work with a lot of families um, that have, the same, have had the same struggle, and I'm really glad you're here. So tell me about that. When is it better? When is it worse? Just like you would with a musculoskeletal complaint, talk about when is it better? When is it worse? When is it worse? When did you first notice it? When did you start getting reports from school? Was it in third grade? Was it in kindergarten? There's a little like info for you and things we'll talk about it, that we've talked about in here. Those two time periods are really important and we can expand on more. Um, but ask these questions. The second step, um, and, and we can go into in other videos on what those answers to those questions mean. Some of you may know because you've taken the certification series um, and or you've been in the Focus Academy for a while or, or you've listened to other videos, whatever. But that's like your first point. We meet them where they are. We acknowledge their pain point. We let them know they're in the right place. We've worked with this or we, we've talked with a lot of people, helped a lot of people that are having that same challenge. I know that it's difficult. 
Um, and the next thing is, this is one that is almost always 100% skipped, is get permission to leave the pain point. Don't just go, okay, I acknowledge the pain point. Now I'm going to ask all these other questions that I know are related. No, get permission to leave the pain point and explain why. Help them have some self-discovery on why you might be asking some other questions. So it goes like this. We've kind of done the pain point questions. We've talked about that. We've a lot. We've helped them have self-discovery on their in the right place. Um, we still they still don't really understand why they're here, but we are right there with them. Then we say something like this. Listen, I'm gonna ask. I'd love to ask some other questions uh, that may seem a little bit confusing. That they might seem a little bit unrelated to why you're here. Um, but trust me, I've been doing this a while, um, and or I have a lot of extra education in this. Or this is exactly what I do. And what we find is that there's some clues in other ways in the history of how you know how your child has moved through development, about how they engage and process and learn from their world in not just the ways that are challenging like hyperactivity, but also some of the really great things that your child does. There's some, there's some clues, there's some clinical clues that, um, that I can find by asking some other questions that are in other areas that may seem unrelated to you. Is it okay if I ask those questions now? So we've given them control, we've given them prediction, We've helped them have some self-discovery and we've opened the door with their control and permission for us to start asking some questions that we already told them they're going to seem unrelated, but we've already told them that they are related. And so we've built credibility in like, wow, I'm not just hopping around pretending I'm the expert in all of these things, even though they don't know why they're not related yet. Um, they are like, wow, she knows that they're related. And so, you see, this is so valuable. Meeting them where they are, getting permission, using our language for self-discovery at every single step of the way, then allows us to go to step three. And step three is where we then start to expand from that pain point, that deficit, into our brain-based understanding, into our hierarchies of development. Okay, so your child is, you know, when they're hyperactive, they're more hyperactive in these areas, and they their hyperactivity, hyperactivity typically looks like um, they're moving and touching, or they're making a lot of noises. That tells me, focused doctors who've learned the hierarchies, you know that that tells you a lot about how what tools they are using to engage and process their world. Well, let's expand that. Let's look at the whole hierarchy. Let's talk about early life development. Let's talk about stress in early life. Let's talk about um, what auto the autonomic state was like in early life and now. How is sleep? How's digestion? How's the kid's skin? Um, how about you know, how did they move in early life? Did they latch? Did they have trouble latching um, on both sides? Were they able to turn their head? Did they like tummy time? Even if I've got a 12-year-old that's in here. And by the way, tell mom, it's okay if you don't remember all of these things. You're not a bad mom. Most people don't remember all of these things. You have to say that first. <laughs> um, so, so you're asking these questions. And all we're doing is we're following the hierarchy of development. The hierarchy of development, the first hierarchy, which you learn in certification series, is you learn that it's called your watch and wonder hierarchy. We start with infantile movement reflexes. We move into gross motor and fine motor and then auditory verbal, right? 
um, not just language development, but auditory verbal processing, and then eye movements, and then visual cognition. So we're just pain point, asking permission, now expanding into the whole hierarchy, not just the deficit, and asking about early life stress, autonomic state, um, and balance, input, processing, output, movement development. We're talking about auditory development. Hey, was your child late to develop language? Were they early to develop language? You know, did they crawl? Did they walk? And then we're moving into language. Um, are they really reactive to sound? Like if the heater comes on, do they get really startled? Do they get startled easily? Do they get stressed when they go into environments with a lot of noise, like maybe a grocery store or a movie theater or a, a swimming pool with lots of sound or echoey? Um, is, that, is that stressful? So we're just, and the way we know how to ask these questions is we just system systematically follow the hierarchies of development. Primitive reflex, autonomic state, primitive reflex, movement touch, auditory verbal, eye movements, and visual cognition. Um, and so we're just asking these questions. So again, in review, first thing is we're meeting them where they are. We're meeting them at their pain point. We're asking questions about that. We're, we're then allowing some self-discovery. We are then asking permission and giving self-discovery, and then we're expanding our questions to follow, systematically follow the hierarchy of development, right? We're doing, we're doing that based on what we know about brain development, and then we're tying it all together into great. So what we need to do next, we're giving prediction on what's coming next, and we're giving self-discovery. This is how we're ending the case history and transitioning into the exam. So what we need to do here is we've gotten all this great information, mom, about what your child is doing really well, what they're maybe not doing quite as well, and about their history, um, about that fight or flight reaction, about why they might be impulsive in certain situations and, and hyperactive in certain situations. Now, here's the deal. We know a lot about your kid and we could probably take a really good guess about what's going on and what we could do to help. But we are not in the business of guessing. We are in the business of measuring. We don't guess. So we're building credibility. We're building differentiation. We are different. We're not just guessing. We are not putting your kid in a box. We actually need to measure. We're moving into the exam. Now we're going to do this exam and focus doctors, you know, in the exam, one of our communication pegs is we're saying in the exam, we really need to ask and answer the two big questions. We know, first of all, your kid is not bad just because they're having hyperactive challenges. They are engaging in their world in this way that is maybe not typical. We know they're not bad, we know there's a reason. So that's what we're here to do and we need to ask and answer two big questions that are gonna allow us to understand what we can do to help. The first question is, do we have uh, input, the way the brain is receiving, processing, and sending information challenge? Do we have this challenge? And if we do, there's going to be some clinical clues. Based on the questions and the answers we just went through, there, do see, there does seem to be some clues about that, about a fight or flight reaction, about some input processing, the way your child is processing their environment. You know, so we're going to, we're not going to guess though, we're going to measure. And that's where we're looking at the subluxation piece. Focus doctors, you know how to do this. And you have forms to back that up and you write it down. The second thing is we need to know not just what your child is not doing well, but we need to know what are they doing well? How are they processing their world? How, how is your child, when he becomes hyperactive in a, in a school setting, what is he doing 
to process his world. Why is he demonstrating that behavior? When we can do that, when we can understand what tools he's using to process his world, then we can get information on what to do to help him become more efficient. So that's what we're gonna do in the exam. So we've done this, meet them where they are, build credibility, build rapport, get permission, expand our questioning and understanding based on systematically following the hierarchy, and then we lay the foundation for the exam, again, building self-discovery, credibility, asking and answering the two big questions to say, hey, this is going to uncover what we need to do next, and I'm gonna tell you after we put all this together, and do the exam what clinical tools would be best to help your child so those are the four steps um, I'm I'm on a series of case history right now because that these are the types of questions I get um, in elite access in the certification series and I wanted to make sure that we're covering this in depth so I only know this group is free, this group is here to help you all help more people. I know what type of content to provide based on the feedback that I get. So the more active you are in the comments, the more active you are in the group, the more questions you ask, the more you let me know if this was helpful to you, give me a thumbs up, give me a thumbs down if you don't wanna hear more on case history, whatever, then I know. So let me know. Um, otherwise, I'm going to keep rocking on the case history this week a little bit, and um, we'll do different things with that. There's just a lot we can do on that. Um, soon, we're going to be opening up another certification series. We're going to be doing it a little differently. This is probably going to be the last certification series that's going to be this way. Again, that is when you register, you get online learning modules, and you get a seat at our live event. Those of you in Elite Access, we're going to do that a little differently for you guys, too. Um, um, so again... I just let me know what you like, what you need um, in all of these realms, and I'm here to help you. Remember, there are no bad kids and there are no purposeless behaviors. Be well, do good work, um, and let me know what I can do to help.